Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. All right, go ahead and roll for Perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language, and with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from shadowy shanties to shrouded shamans, and today we have a special guest on the show. Hi, I'm Eric Silver, DM of Join the Party, a real play 5e podcast that is bringing in new players to the gaming world. That's awesome, and uh, what are we talking about today, Eric? Today we are breaking down the muck. Gentlemen, let's talk about the monk. Um, I'm be honest. The monk is the class that I am the least experienced with. I have never run a monk, and I have actually never ran a game in all my games in all my years. I've never ran a game with a player that played a monk. That's really interesting. You got very close with one of our players in another game. That another game you DM'd where they almost ran a monk. That was, Did I? That was Jake, our, oh, yeah? our other special oh, guest okay. that we have on the show sometimes. Okay. So, <laughs> and I, Brian, I know you don't have any experience with monk. I Eric, sure don't. Eric, what is your experience with the monk? So one of my first games that I ever played in D&D was uh, I rolled up a monk. I was super attracted to the class, and I think there's a lot of fun things that goes along with it, especially if you're really invested to character building. So mm. I made a dwarf monk, a dwarf pirate monk, and his, oh, name, cool. was, his <laughs> name was Brother Budinger Weisenheimer. So he was, okay. but, and everyone just called him Budweiser, of course. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> And he was like an outcast. He was like um, thrown from his, uh, 
And what do you wait? What do you call the places where people for monks study? Um, uh, monasteries. Yeah, he was thrown out of his monastery for being different. It was uh, like humans were basically the t- uh, the race that was uh, in the monastery. And then he went out and he was a cook on a pirate ship. So oh, he cool. had so he had oh, brewing nice. skills and he had cooking skills. <laughs> nice. I, of course. So I, whenever course. we'd go to a new town, I would run into the nearest inn and then run into the newest kitchen into the kitchen and just say I was cooking something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I invented jalapeno poppers in our third uh game session. Yes. <laughs> yes. I ran into the kitchen on I'm like, I'm rolling for jalapeno poppers. I got like a 16 in my DM gave it to me. <laughs> He was nice. like, yeah, Very you come nice. up with the breading, you come up with the with the cream cheese. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay, so you, so you have you you've played one, so you've have have a little experience. Yes. yes. Um I I would say that um I think the monk is a fascinating class. Um and it is very different from every other class in this game and it's got a weird history too and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. Um the monk dates all the way back to uh first edition. Believe it or not, despite okay. the fact of it being kind of uh, off the beaten trail, like mm. every other class in this game has some sort of uh, European origin. Like, how many times on this podcast have I used the word Celtic or Norse or Germanic? Oh like, man, so much! It's like every other episode. Yeah, especially uh, the Fae. Well, this one doesn't have uh, a European origin. Um, it um, okay. So Brian Bloom is the creator of this class. He created it in a first edition supplemental book called Blackmore. Um, and he claims that he based the idea of the monk off of a book series called The Destroyer, which he read, which is basically like a ninja cop, like ninja uh, government agent kind of series oh, shit. In, okay. in modern in modern uh, America. Uh, but it's also steeped in Hindu mythology. So you're I, reading you're reading a, <laughs> you're reading a book that's yeah. talking about like modern America. And this is where you draw your inspiration for the monk. Right. And OK, I'm I'm. I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm calling <laughs> bullshit on this. Okay. I'm calling bullshit because uh, the fact of the matter is like the monk is a blatant take on Shaolin monks from ancient China, from uh, mm. key, key monks from the key temple in Tibet. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it's just blatantly a take on that. Like, I'm sorry, bro. It's not your ninja cop book series. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't see it. That's that's my take. But the, the monks. Uh, so it was introduced in a supplement in first edition. Uh, then it disappeared for second edition for a time until uh, enough fans wanted it back where they reintroduced it. Okay. Um, when they reintroduced it, they, they renamed it the Mystic, which is an interesting name because there's another class that also goes by that name sometimes. Um, and they called it the Mystic, I think, because of the fact that um, monks, though they are physical warriors, they often have these supernatural abilities. Which yeah, are, you mentioned it earlier, like a key warrior. That's like your spiritual energy, right? Yes, there's this whole key thing. But also, like, I've also seen in some editions where the monk is uh, inherently tied to psionic abilities. Oh, cool. I didn't know is, that. Yeah, yeah, fourth edition, it was a psionic class for whatever fucking reason. Um, either way, like, there, there's a certain mysticism to some of the things they can do. And and key or, or chi, however you want to pronounce it in uh, D&D and in actual uh, Buddhism, is described as a life force that permeates the universe. Yes. And so the concept of this class is, like, monks through massive amount of discipline and massive amount of like tradition and um uh sacrifice asceticism uh, yeah, they okay. are able to tap into that life force harness it and manipulate it and do all kinds of crazy crazy shit with it 
as a Dragon Ball fan, uh, this is speaking to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, speaking <laughs> oh, of... absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, growing up, like, uh, outside of DBZ, like, I didn't... I wasn't into anything that of of the martial arts persuasion. Yeah, you were all about, like, fantasy. Yeah, that and Pokemon. Like, those were my two Hell as yeah. a kid. Like, <laughs> And so, like, it just... It was never a big thing to me. So, like, the monks, like, really this, like, strange anom- anomaly to me. But... Um, I'm after reading through everything over the last few days on the monk, like, I'm like, fuck, this class was cool as shit. Like I need to run one of these next time. If, if my character dies, Brian, I'm rolling a monk. I'm just oh, letting you know. Right. Do it. We can definitely, definitely, run definitely do it. Absolutely yeah. do it. So yeah. what, what's your favorite thing about running the monk, Eric? I think that there's a lot of opportunity to be versatile. Um, True. the monk can fill a lot of roles where you don't have it in the, where you don't have it in the party, depending on, uh, what, Depending on what uh, path you take it on as you go farther into um, as you go farther into development, you can be super resourceful. You can be a combo maker and you can hit people a bunch of times a lot like a fighter. Mm-hmm. You can be resourceful or you can be resourceful and you can be sneaky if you want to be in the uh, if you want to be in the shadows or you can kind of be like fill in some magic if you guys don't have a lot of um if you don't have a lot of spellcasters, really, it also gives you a lot of chances to do strange things with the game mechanics. Like you are doing actions that you would never do unless you were playing a monk, uh, or it's like a combination of like all of the the battle techniques that you have with a fighter, with all of the strange actions you can take as a rogue. So yeah, it's like it's a lot awesome. of it's a lot of knocking people prone. <clears throat> it's a lot of like being being careful. Like when you grab something out of the air, that feels like you're be also being defensive at the same time. It's really pushing you to be the best player you can be and use the full gamut of um, game mechanics. Oh, that's really yeah. Cool. I definitely agree. the The monk stands out. It, okay, so like you said, the monk is incredibly versatile, much like a it's like a jack of all trades character, like kind, we've been talking about. Yes, lately. yes, kind of like the bard. It yeah. falls into that same wheelhouse, but at the same time, it's so drastically different from from like a bard or a rogue. I was um, going to say that the people. I think that there are two types of people. There are bard people and there are monk people. <laughs> yeah, I guess, and they're they're definitely not the same people. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. So here, okay, so let's. Um, the monk is incredibly physically uh, capable, much like a fighter or a rogue would be. But at the same time, they have uh, access to almost like this pseudo magic. Right. They don't cast spells, but the shit they pull off might as well be spells. Okay. And sometimes, like, they literally just can spend key to cast the equivalent of a spell. So that's their special resource is their key. Their key is their special resource, but, like, there's more to them than that. Okay, so the way I see it. Features for the monk kind of fall into three categories. Okay. Uh, the number one category is they're capable of superhuman bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. it's, it's just that's, like a defined, they, that's a defined category is yeah, bullshit. Like, exactly. It's a defined category. I Super, swear to God, I read that in the player's bullshit. handbook. It's in there. Yeah. Superhuman bullshit. It's right here. Yeah, you yes. just go to the index and like, oh, bullshit. And then you just flip through <laughs> and there's a the, the second category is uh, they, they have a, a lot of stuff that's really specialized when it comes to mobility. Okay. Um, and then the final thing is their uh, their magic or their pseudo magic, if you will. So let's let's talk a, a bit about like uh, stuff that they can do. So when it comes to superhuman stuff, I mean, like they channel key and they're not spending key points for this. They just they have faster reflexes. They're just stronger than normal. Um, 
Let's see. What are some of their features? Number one, they get unarmored defense, mm-hmm. which just means when they're not wearing armor, they get to add their wisdom on top of their decks. Just oh, nice. Yeah. So they're they're not super tanky, but like they're pretty sturdy. They can avoid those big yeah. hits if they need to. Um, I really Fluria- love I really love arm, armor defense for just um, for role playing reasons. I think that yeah. when you envision D and D players, like they want their guys to be walking around with these massive plate armors with like Skyrim style horns on oh, them. Oh yeah. These big like, ass bolts. axes. Yeah. But really if you're unarmored, you can just run around and be yourself. I think this also like puts True. a lot of pressure on people who like don't want to be traditional heroes, whether we're talking about like people who don't envision themselves as like being super crafty edgelords or being like big beefy <laughs> heroes. And we even like this gives an opportunity for uh for women to really find their uh, find their space. I mean, we yeah, no yeah. one's expecting them to wear chainmail bikinis if you want to play right. a barbarian yes. or a fighter, and like yeah. no one wants you to be a uh, no one wants you to be support, so you can just like stand there in a white robe, like you can be whoever you want to be. And that's why yeah. that's interesting. About it. That's yeah, very cool. I can I can agree with that. Um, some of the some of the stuff that falls into like the superhuman category, uh, their staple ability called flurry of blows, which is their. Uh, all monks get it. It's you can spend a key point and just do. I think it's two extra attacks. Nice. Like, as a bonus action, you just so that's three attacks. Well, hell yeah. yeah. You're doing that. You're doing that like by level two. Um, you're just, you you're later, just hitting people with your bow staff. Like, what else are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're just whacking the shit out of. Them. I like to imagine monks with like some kind of brass knuckle deal going on. And when I hear flurry of blows, it makes me really excited to like punch the hell out of somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's um, like there's a modified version of brass knuckles that like they have associated with um some monk order. It's called like the wheels of wind and fire. Oh, and they're like, fuck yeah! Like it's um, I guess I can't pick a Ninja Turtle. That that's not it's not exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> but like, imagine they're brass knuckles, but instead of a knuckle, it's like a semicircle of spikes and blades. Yes, oh, yes. and then you can like can... swipe people with it, and like people really use that. That was suggested in like a monk build that I saw. If you want to reflavor your weapons, whatever weapons you want. Yeah, I'm with monk that. weapons or Asian inspired weapons. You can use these, and just looked crazy yeah. as hell. Yeah, that's another cool thing about the monk is you'll see all these exotic weapons you wouldn't normally see that are yes. really cool. Um, later on, you're going to get an ability called um, uh, Deflect Missiles, which is just an inherent ability to make a saving throw and catch missiles if they're thrown at you. Yes. And if you... Uh, yes. I, I forget how it works exactly. Oh, it's not... Wait, sorry. It's not... I just have the thing here. It's okay, not a saving it? throw. It's a reaction. Uh-huh. So you can oh, just yeah, do it. Oh, yeah, you just... You just use a reaction. Oh, I remember what it yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know you if you want to redo that, but uh, sorry, I just, I just have. No, 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 that's fine. No, we usually don't edit things out. We just go. Yeah, um, we just go so, for it. So, so with deflect missiles, you, uh, he's right. It's a reaction, and you reduce the damage from the missile by a d10 plus your dex plus your monk level. And if you, re- if you reduce the damage to zero, you get to catch the missile, and I think even throw it back, possibly? I'm not sure about that. Yeah, you can spend one key point to throw it back, and then you make a ranged attack. There you go. Like I said, just superhuman bullshit. Uh, Later on, you get slow fall, which is just, you reduce falling damage by by a multiple of five. Oh, nice. That's handy. Yeah, yeah, so it's ridiculous. Okay, Um, cool. What I love about that is not even slow fall, like they just call it slow fall. It's just like, nah, you're gonna land on your face, but it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Again, superhuman bullshit. Uh, it's later, like, you're it's gonna chill though. You're gonna go like Dragon Ball fall from like the the um, exosphere, and then you're just gonna be like, yeah, you get up with a crater around you. Yeah, yes! exactly. I'm so into this. That's <laughs> um, so cool. 
Later on, you get a, a ability called Stunning Strike, which uh, you spend, I think, just one key point. You can just fucking stun your enemy. I think they might have have to make a saving throw or something. But uh, but yeah, you just stun an enemy just because you know that that uh, that perfect angle to just get them right between oh, the ribs yeah. or whatever. You whatever hit them right in the chakra. Yeah, exactly. You hit them right, <laughs> right in the chakra. Right in the chakra. <laughs> Did you? Uh, um, do you so does stun mean that your opponent that that enemy is going to lose a turn? Pretty I, much. I think pretty much it's lose a turn. I'm getting uh, it mixed up with four e. So in four e, you basically lose a turn. So okay. I think it's the same. In 4E. Or maybe you have like disadvantage or something like that. Something like imagine. that. Either yeah. way, it's a debilitating thing. Yeah. Uh, later on, you get purity of body, which just makes you immune to disease. And then uh, here's a great one: timeless body. You get this at level 17. Uh, you don't age anymore. Oh, you, that shit sounds like the druid. You still you still um, die of old age. Right. But you okay. just don't age. And you also don't need to eat or drink. You're good. You just keep that clean sexy yeah. on you. You just you just feed off you feed off that life stream and you're good to go. Sweet. Yeah, after, really good. after level 10, you just become like godly. It's crazy. It's not even yeah, like you're not even getting crazy. skills anymore. It's just like you're no longer human. You're like 50% key. You're fifty percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. It, it really does seem like that, and I think there's a whole theme behind the monk where they're like trying to attain a perfect form. That's kind of like their deal, especially if you take the way of the open hand, which we'll get into the after after the we take the long rest. We'll we'll get into that. Um, but let's talk about mobility because okay. that is that is a thing with the monks, and they got uh, they got a few uh, abilities that like kind of specialize with that. So in mobility, the first one I think of is unarmored movement, which you just get an extra 10 feet of movement if you're not wearing armor, which you're not because you're a fucking monk. So okay. that on top of being an elf, and then imagine if you take the mobility feet, I got like 75 feet of movement, bitch. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 insane. <laughs> Don't they, have, um, they have those contests all over Reddit about how fast you can make the fastest person. So it's like right. you're a wood elf plus a monk and you and then you like you're then you're like a barbarian. So then you rage and then you're like you do strength oh, checks to try to do a dash or no. Then you're a fighter Fuck. and then you can use all of your action surges to dash. And True. it's like comparing is like, hey, is your D&D character the Flash? Is your D&D character the <laughs> I love that. That's this great. is great. I'm really finding out a lot about like building super characters lately. Yes. Like in our Bard episode, we talked about building uh, Link from Legend of Zelda uh-huh. and like what you would have to do to make this character happen. Oh, yeah. Insanity. <laughs> really. Yeah, and I would say the monk reminds me the most of like a superhero. Um, other other mobility uh, things they get, they get um, evasion, which basically this one's really cool. When they make dexterity saves against like spells and shit like that, yeah. if they save, no more half damage. They just don't take damage. They're just that quick. What? Yeah. Yeah. Again, this mobility slash superhuman bullshit. Um, <laughs> and, and they get a few other things like that. Okay. I'm looking um, at the, sorry, I'm looking at the yeah. evasion description. And yeah. here's what it says in the, in the Dungeon Master's Guide. When you're subjected to an effect that allows you to make a dexterity, oh, sorry. Uh, your instinctive agility lets you dodge out of the way of certain area effects, such as a blue dragon's lightning breath or a fireball spell. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's just put the most re- the most powerful things that you'll find in this game. And the monk's just like, nah, I'm not having it. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah, dragon, that's, no. uh, so. that's no, good can't. advertising if I've ever heard it. That's yeah, hilarious. dodge blue dragon lightning. <laughs> Hell yes. So, um, but before we get before we get into the uh, the traditions, um, I kind of want to talk about uh, monk concepts. Um, I'm gonna talk about common ones because I'm I'm less familiar with like a lot of like really cool ass reflavorings, uh, like I am in most of our class breakdown episodes. But some of the stuff you'll see a lot of is like a ninja assassin. You know, okay. so a lot of people will run a monk to be a ninja assassin and then take like the way of the shadow or whatever. A lot of times you'll see like the wandering warrior, the 
like uh, the old man Ryu? wandering around. Ryu looking for enlightenment, <laughs> looking to better themselves, just wandering the land, looking for that Zen. And uh, he's looking to control the Satsu no Hado. There we go. That. <laughs> okay. Um, Wait, here's I think, one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think that people feel a little boxed in by the idea of training. Like our ideas about mm. monks are that they're these Asian, I mean, ripoffs of like Kung Fu movies. It's like they right. live yes. in the mountains. They don't talk to anybody else. Um, they have to like live their entire life in them. They're like awkward and loners. They're kind right. of something. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. They're they're not acclimated to society. Exactly. Yeah, they're like, just they're trying almost, to like achieve some kind of like self, it, like inner inner strength or inner peace and yeah. instead of like accomplishing like other things i yeah, guess like they have yeah. to be aliens and i think that yeah. this, right. is, this really gives people a chance to stretch this idea of backstory in your world i mean you don't have to be bruce lee you can be daredevil if we're talking about oh superhero. god i was about to bring up daredevil no shit i was literally about to bring him up but <laughs> continue continue the thing is that daredevil <laughs> is a monk he, he has is. blind sense. He, is. he it does on he does usually unarmored combat with a very uh-huh. simple martial weapon. So that's literally yeah. everything you need to know from a monk. He doesn't really have hard um hard armor, but then you mm. literally have uh, directly opposed to him is Iron Fist, and which is literally right. a ripoff of yeah. kung fu movies from the 70s and 80s. Right. So yep, it's absolutely. like I would much rather run Daredevil than run just some dude who can be one punch man when he wants to. Fucking yeah, Saitama. Fucking Danny Rand. Have you guys seen, you guys have watched Daredevil, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, dude. Oh, that hallway yeah. fight scene? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. That's in one take. Yeah. That makes me tired just thinking about it. Maybe we should take a short rest. All right, let's do it. All right. <laughs> I'm so tired. I can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Iron Fist right. is just too much. I can't do it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, and welcome to the part of the show where we stop talking about that last thing. Don't even think about that anymore. We're going to talk about something else. Uh, And today, we're going to start with our special guest, Eric Silver. Eric, do you want to talk about uh, who you are exactly and what it is you do a little more in depth? Sure thing. Uh, I'm the DM of Join the Party. We are a collaborative storytelling and role-playing podcast. Uh, we're really, um, there are so many 5e podcasts out there, and everyone is doing great work and having a lot of fun, but we're trying to make a space for people who don't play D&D to learn a little bit about D&D and getting a foothold in there. So uh, we're ho- hoping that our podcast is for newbies and gaming veterans alike. Uh, we're also all audio people, so we're really committed to making the best uh, podcast that we yes. can for whoever's listening. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, those are my sound nerds <laughs> out there. I hear you. You're all cheering for me. Um, so it's like we, we are all taking on important things that we think. We're all taking on important features of podcasts that we think are important for a great listening experience. I am DMing, so I'm running this game. Uh, I'm storytelling. I'm making space for as many different types of people and characters to live inside this fantasy world. Brandon, who plays our uh, Warforged uh, robot barbarian, designation TRHC, he is also our sound guy. So he um, spends all the time putting great mics in front of us and editing and mixing and composing music to make everything sound quite beautiful. Uh, Amanda is uh, is our flip is our flippy uh, assassin teen Anara. Um, she is also a newcomer to D and D, so she's learning just as much uh, along with everybody else. And she's really responsible for giving this perspective for um, not only new players but uh, the representation and uh, being like a, a woman on this podcast. And uh, having an openly queer uh, character who's just running around and flipping and stabbing That's some great representation on all fronts, I feel. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, finally, we have uh, uh, Mike. uh, We have, like, so many many names for him. We have Michael Fichet, also Fish, who is is our resident nerd, resident uh, DM who's been playing since he was, like, 12. And he's playing our magic user, (laughs) uh, Johnny B. Goodlight. Uh, patron of the Undying Light, who lights everything, um, <laughs> a, who lights everything aglow as he walks. That's awesome. Away. That's awesome. So we're messing with game mechanics. We care about the story. We care about the listeners, and we're really making it easy for people to come in. We have these beginner episodes and episode one and two, where we literally come in and tell you how to play D anD. d Like we have little like uh, comments where we come in and like explain how it works. Yeah. We have transcripts. We have transcripts for people who uh, are hard of hearing or audio just really isn't their thing. 
and we're just open. Like, please talk to us. Please email us. Uh, please hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at join the party pod, and you can email us at join the party pod at gmail.com. Awesome. And I, I've listened, I've listened to more than a couple of your episodes and it's, it's high quality audio. I'm telling you that right now. It's really good production. You guys do a good job. Yeah, you guys are doing a great um, stuff out there. I, definitely. I really like, uh, I like the commentary and how you kind of like explain when something happens. Well, this is how this works and, and whatnot and explaining it to newbies. That's really cool. And then also I like how you have the, the after party episodes to kind of go over what happened. It's, it's really neat. It's a really cool concept. I like it a lot. Oh, that's right. I, <laughs> we do so much. I literally forgot about that. So the, after we release, after we release every episode, we have the after party where we talk about D and D a lot, like these guys right here. But we're trying to be specific to what we just discussed um, and played through in the game. So we take listener questions, we break down what could and what could have happened to some D and D mechanics as well, and really trying to focus it on the episode. So even if you're a beginner, our one and two episodes are just the ones where the comments come in, and then you're on your own for we you like fly your little gamer wings and you can get out of the nest. <laughs> but we trust you, and we're always going to have the after party there um, if you have a question or you want to know. You have some ideas about, uh, you have some thoughts about what had just happened. Awesome. Very cool. So to all our listeners out there, if you're looking for a, a new 5e podcast to get into, I think Join the Party is probably the best place to start. It's a really good show. Go um, check them out. I definitely recommend it. Um, so I guess we'll move on to to our thing over here. Yeah, let's bump ourselves. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, you, do you guys have anything to plug on your own podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. We always plug ourselves. Thank you guys out there for uh, all the new listeners that we've been seeing roll in. Uh, really appreciate it. The growth is is uh, is astounding and and very flattering. And the constructive criticism and feedback that we've been getting from everybody, it's really helpful. And we like to implement those things into the show. So once again, to you, the listener, thank you so much for being here and making it to this part of the show. Um, do we pretty much announced our, our contest winners last time? We did. Um, we did. So, and uh, and don't worry, don't worry, folks. For for those of you that didn't win the contest, we'll have another contest. I, I'm 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 working on something. Yeah, we like to run those little things for you guys and to help spread the word. So if you if you do want to keep tweeting about the show, uh, go ahead and tweet out about it and uh, and let your friends know. If there's somebody that like wants to learn more about D and D, go ahead and let them know about the show. Just tell somebody, and it would really help us out a lot. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Dungeon Cast. You can find us on YouTube. Just search The Dungeon Cast. You can get us on all the podcast apps. And if you're using iTunes, please leave us a rate and subscribe. That really helps attraction for the show, and uh, we would appreciate it a lot. But uh, other than that... I think the short rest is over, Brian. Yeah, man. Let's hit die. They feel good. All right. Let's, let's get go. back to the show. All my spell slots are filled. Hell yes. <laughs> Think we're all back up and ready yeah all right so uh we've talked we've talked quite a bit about uh like the origin of the monk types of things monks can do we've talked about different like archetypes of monks we've seen um let's talk about the three traditions which is the defining kind of split of paths in the player's handbook for the monk mm-hmm. um but, but before we just dive in eric your monk what kind of monk was it what what tradition did you choose? All right, I'm gonna admit something. I did not get far enough to get all oh. the way to level three. I was level <laughs> one and two. And here is actually one of my biggest problems with the monk. Oh my god, give us some key earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. like that I sounds hard. I can't do anything cool with only two key points from level two. Yeah, like if I and grab one, if I grab something yeah. out of the air, I have to think about if I'm going to use fifty percent of my points to throw it back. Um, if I want to use right. flurry of blows, I mean it's dope, 
but am I going to waste it just like I'm the first monster that I see in a campaign? And yeah, who even knows? I know it's really nice that they give the key back with the short rest, but some DMs don't really use short rests. So it's you're kind of stuck until like one or two sessions go by and you guys do a long rest. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's um, something that comes up in the game, too, is like, when do I blow my big attack? Right. Like, it, or do I thing. just hold it forever? Like my uh, like my what are they? <laughs> like others in, yeah, <laughs> in Pokemon. <laughs> Use one of your ethers. He's like, I, I, you can't buy these in a shop. You have 83 of it's them. It's the final battle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, OK, but did you. OK, first, let's talk on that. Yes, level one is very difficult for a monk, and level two is not much better. It's um, squishy for everybody. Some, some classes, it's rough like that. The paladin has a fucking wretched level one. <laughs> um, but level two, you become amazing. Uh, other classes, like the cleric and fighter, you have a fucking amazing level one, and you're like a god. Um, but yeah, the monk definitely has a rough first couple levels. But, Eric, did you have a plan for which tradition you wanted your monk to go down? I did. I, ha- I was going to be the open hand. Uh, I just Ooh. really like the idea of punching people in the face really hard. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I, go, ahead, go ahead. You know, I just like the feeling of punching someone really hard and punching them a bunch of times. Uh, I had yes. a bow stick, Don't so I just, really, I just really wanted to whack people with it. And, um, sure. yeah, I can say I'm a little influenced by um, the kind of kung fu that I saw, but the other, that felt like the most truest to the monk that I wanted to play, someone who was working with un- unarmed attacks, uh, people who were just focused on, like, delivering um, hurt through their bodies, as opposed to the other oh, yeah, two right. where you have, like, kind of a, a rogue, where you have a rogue stand-in. And, like, being the Avatar is cool, but I should have just been a sorcerer. <laughs> right. I, I see where you're coming from there. Okay, so, like, a lot of classes that we've talked about, uh, more than a few of them have uh, a certain path they can take that is just to, like, I want to be a better version of what I already am. Like, the fighter has a champion. Yes. The rogue has the thief. Um, the bard has the lore bard. Yeah. The warlock has the uh, the book of shadows, the path of, uh, I forget what that path's called. Um, <laughs> the open hand, the way of the open hand technique is that for the monk. Super this monk. is, you become the super monk. Your flurry of blows just gets better. Now, on top of extra damage, you are also you can choose to prone the enemy, push them fifteen feet, or just make it so they can't make any reactions for a turn. That sounds like the battle master. You get yes. a lot of versatility in that yes, way. Yes, you, you get you get some some tactics kind of in there. Interesting. Um, later on, you're going to get uh, this wholeness of body ability where you can heal yourself equivalent to. Uh, HP equal to three times your level. Oh, sick! So you just become more durable. You can heal yourself. You're just a little bit better. Um, tranquility is a feature you get later, which is okay. I I want to get this straight the first time I say it because it's a little confusing. You basically, from the moment you're awake to the moment you fall asleep, constantly have the spell sanctuary going on. Okay. Which I think the way that spell works is that if someone attacks you you have automatic advantage on or they have automatic disadvantage until you attack them back. So you just constantly got this like aura of protection about oh, you. Oh shit, like you're you're automatically yeah. going to fuck up if you come near me. Yeah, so you're just you're just automatically just auto better. Cool. Yeah, but here's It's not even it's ahead. not even that sorry. I, I literally go just ahead. brought no, it up. Ahead. It's not even that like they mess up. It's like they can't touch you. Is like if they yeah. fail a wisdom save, then they have to pick a new target, or they just yes. can't do it. Oh yeah, man, that's, yeah, he's a, yeah, that's absolutely right. It's it's uh, it's more than just protection. Yeah. Also, but it's a bonus the- action too. 
which is like uh-huh. kind what? of <laughs> I don't know if it's for the monk, but like just like the the spell the itself spell? is a bo- is a bonus yeah. action, and like that's just nasty. Bonus yeah. action's well, no, broken. No. With the monk, it's worse or not worse. It's even more powerful. With the monk, it's no action. It is automatic all the time oh from waking God. to sleep. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, and the only time it's not on is when you're asleep. Okay, but here's the kicker. When then this is like to me like. I would love to get to level 17 for this fucked up ability. Oh my god. Called quiver, yeah. It's called quivering palm. Now get okay. this. When you get when you get this ability, you are capable of when you strike someone, you spend uh three key points and you are able to cause imperceptible vibrations throughout their entire body that last a number of days equal to your monk level. So 17 to 20 days, depending. What? Yeah, it gets worse. At any point. During those days, no matter how far away from them you are, if they're on the same plane of existence, you can use an action to end those vibrations. At that point, the target makes a constitution save. If they fail, they die. What? If they succeed, <laughs> if they succeed, they take 10d10 necrotic damage. What the fuck is this? Have you ever seen Fists of the North Star? It's an old anime. <laughs> no, I, I've heard of it. I yeah, haven't seen it, it. It's a lot of kung fu fighting, but this kind of reminds me of like there's a thing in that in that show, and I've only ever seen clips. I haven't actually watched the show where like the the main character I think like hits somebody in a specific way, and there's like this long silence where nothing happens, and then all of a sudden the person he punches explodes. Hell yes, that's what I see this as. <laughs> that's that's what this monk can do. That is wild. Yeah, it's fucking insane. In oh my, my head, it was like the five fingers of death. It was like yeah. all you do, you just like poke <laughs> people in like the five plate, these like five deadly pressure points all over their body, and then like suddenly they're just like their body just like falls apart. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Oh it's my ridiculous. God. <laughs> it's I want to like, be a monk so bad. Yeah, right I know. Now. Okay, so that's that's uh, way of the open hand. Let's talk about way of the shadow, which uh, is really cool. One, okay, so one thing I've noticed in in five E in general. Uh, and in the in the monk is that the more flavorful a class option or any option is, the less powerful it is. Okay, I think without a doubt, mm. the way of the open hand is the most powerful of the three. Um, just like the champion is kind of the most powerful of the three archetypes to the fighter, um, and the elder Knight, the most flavorable is the least powerful by far. Does that go with the arcane trickster for the rogue too? Um, it seems like it's got some power in I, it. Yeah, that one's a little different, but okay. but way shadow. Is is at this point you're you are the the shadow assassin you are the ninja, in, in this case. Cool. Um, you're going to get an ability called Shadow Arts, uh, where you can use your key to cast one of three spells. You can cast the Darkness spell, Pass Without a Trace, and the Silence spell. Again, stealth. Really cool. Darkness, is, magical darkness is mm-hmm. fucked up in this game. Yeah, stealth, silence, darkness, death. That's what you do. Nice. Sha- later on, you get Shadow Step, where you can. I love this one. This you is can the teleport. Shit right here. Yeah, you can teleport. Within 60 feet between places that have dim light or darkness. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. So you just like, you just fucking hop oof, through oof, shadows. Oof. Yeah. Imag- wow. Imagine if you're running an underdark campaign. Wow. Yeah. You're just super broken. Yeah. Down you're there. absolutely okay. broken. It also uh, comes, later on, it comes down to what your DM like determines is a shadow. This is also like the uh-huh. thing with hide. Oh, that's fair. It's like what you're allowed to hide. You can hide behind yeah. something that is one size larger than you. And yeah, there's a lot of difference between what's medium and what's large. But it's like then it determines like what is a shadow. Is a warforge standing in a field and the sun is beating down? Like, is that a shadow? If you're standing that far away and like then there's a wagon. Like you can literally run through sunlight if enough things are standing uh, properly right. in front of the light. 
Interesting. I, well, the the rules is written. Actually, I don't think they say shadow. I uh, maybe I have to go back and reread it. I think it literally says dim light or darkness. Oh yeah, it does. But it's like, how much money can you smuggle to your DM so you can run through a field? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. Like how much? How many shadows got to be in an area for it to be considered dim light? I try to go as as real world as possible with things like this. Yeah. Like, how would this work in like Earth? Basically, right, right. Um, final final ability. For, for the way of shadows is called opportunist, which is it's pretty cool. It's nowhere near as cool as a quivering palm, but uh, you get opportunity attacks whenever an ally uh, hits an enemy that is within five feet of you. Okay, so cool. you just get extra hits. That's really that's it's, really again, sweet. It's, actually, it's, it's really sweet, but I mean, it's it's no quivering palm. Um, any <laughs> Eric, any, any Eric, any other thoughts on the way of shadow? Um, I just think that like if you want to be a way of shadow monk, you should be a rogue. Um, An assassin rogue, it's probably better. And like, yeah, it already cool. sounds like, like that. I think that it's just the the key doesn't stand up. Um, I'm at, yeah. like, if you want to do pass without a trace, that's awesome. Talk to your magic user. Like, if you if you're right. level three and then you only have three key points, you're gonna use two thirds of your key points to cast silence. Yeah, I mean that's it's, such like mm. a, that's such a, a a waste. If your DM like. Yeah. When I was playing uh, Bud, Budweiser, you remember him from the earlier <laughs> yes. episode? He was covered in <laughs> tattoos, and he just had, like, the most, like, gaudy and hearty tattoos all over his body. In, like, a Moana sort of way, how, like, they moved cool. a little oh, bit. I like and that. the thing cool. is, like, I kept trying to convince my DM to, like, put a tattoo shop somewhere so that I would get, like, more key. <laughs> So it's oh, like you can't cool. give me a head, like you can't give me a helmet, but like I really need some key. Like, please help me. <laughs> yes, I'm with that. Yeah, I gotta say, I think the way of shadows is probably my least favorite of the three. But now, time for my uh, my most favorite of the three. Okay, the way of the four elements. Ooh. Now, granted, again, this one's very flavorful and arguably less powerful than the other two. Maybe, maybe not so. I don't know. <laughs> but um, in this one, you basically with your key, you're able to tap into the four elements of the world. In, in D&D, earth, wind, fire, and water, and do all kinds of dope-ass magical shit with them. Um, <laughs> I love dope-ass magical yeah, shit. <laughs> some of it, it costs a lot of key. Some okay. of it, not so much. Um, but basically, it's it's much like the warlock gains... Um, oh my God, what are, what's the feature called? The, uh, invocations. Yeah, okay. Uh, so warlocks gain invocations as they level. The way the four elements works very similarly, where you gain disciplines of the elements as you level. And that's it. No no other list of shit. It's just you gain more and more of these. Okay. Uh, one that every uh, elemental monk gets is they get the uh, elemental attunement, which is basically like, kind of like prestidigitation for a wizard with some extra stuff thrown on it so you could do like sensory effects and stuff with nice. the elements that's always really handy you can also manipulate any element uh into like shapes and sensory effects as nice well. like, i think you can manipulate. can you like freeze water uh i don't know if you could freeze it but you can make it you can like, chill, shape into something. chill or warm up to one pound of non-living material so not even water for up to one hour yeah yeah there you go now can you freeze it i don't know but can you, can you chill, chill someone's blood in I their think- body yeah, I would not allow that. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> it has to be non-living. This All is this some blood oh, that is living, non-living. This is some blood yeah, yeah. that <laughs> shit, and I do not. That's what I was thinking. As, this. as an yeah, av- no. as as a uh, earthbender, I think that's fucked up, and I think you should stop. It is. It is really fucked up. Yeah, I can only do it when the full moon's so, out. It's cool. So I don't want to go through. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to go through all the discipline because there's a ridiculous amount. But I, I just chose some four random ones okay. just to show you, like, showcase what the elemental monk can do. So, 
here's one fangs of the fire snake this costs one key point and it makes it so that your fists do an extra d10 of extra fire damage for a round Ooh! so that's dope Cool. Uh, for for four key, you can do Mist Stance, which basically you cast the gaseous form on yourself, and you're incorporeal now. Oh! Uh, for four key points, you can cast Ride the Wind and cast Fly on yourself. Now you can fly. What the fuck? <laughs> and uh, for two key points, I love this one. You get Water Whip, and you can create a whip of water and target someone within thirty feet of you. They have to make a dexterity save. If they fail, they take three d ten plus one d ten per key point that you spent on top of it of bludgeoning damage and you can choose to either knock them pro or pull them all the way to you that is legitimate uh, that is really really cool and uh yeah so those are just some of the things the elemental monk can do any any other thoughts on the uh hmm. the avatar last airbender uh, yeah right <laughs> uh, uh no i've seen the show <laughs> i i really like the idea of this monk living amongst non-magic users um right. i think it also functions in the same way that the arcane trickster does i think it kind of gives an edge up on the people like if they were something i don't think we think about in D &D is that your party is kind of strange i mean classes kind of run together races kind of run together yeah but if you're going out as a party um but if you're living only within your own class i mean these guys who can just like kind of throw out magic whenever they want that makes them better than their monastery or better than their own thieves guild right uh, and i think that you need something like a magic flavored x in order to like um i mean we also have like the eldritch knight um which could fill in like the magical fighter uh in that way right. as well so i think that there's like kind of you need to acknowledge the existence of magic and what if it was a magic only only campaign, or sorry, a ma- no magic campaign? Then like these well, people like would be would be crazy. It's like not yeah, only absolutely. punch them in the face, but then like fire comes out of your hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These guys would super shine in a, in a zero magic setting. Yeah, and you see that shit as an NPC, and you shit your pants. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Uh, and you know what? Like I said again, like uh, uh, flavor flavor seems to outbalance mechanics a lot in this game. So like. It, it, despite the way the four elements being probably the weakest and maybe even the less least useful, but it sounds the coolest. Favorite, yeah, it's still probably what I would run. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I think I think we've covered our bases, and uh, I don't I don't think I have anything else to add on the monk. Does anyone have any last thoughts before we uh, call it a game? So I just want to put this out because like we were talking about that image uh, mm-hmm. that you guys were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. So Goku, Goku is a monk, right? Yeah, he's definitely a way of the open hand monk. I would okay. say. Okay, just yeah. making sure. Or actually, no. Like, there's okay. So there's other there's other technique or traditions. Uh, I think there's like a radiant monk of the sun that can just blast laser beams. So oh, good. so that's Goku. That's Goku. That's, okay, that's Goku. Well, that's also that could also be Ryu um, as well. Like that, that. it's yes. basically a Haruki, uh, Haruken. If I'm saying that right. Yeah. Yeah. Haruken, yeah. yeah. Uh, I sorry, I'm just used to like mumbling it as I like try to like motion it. Like, like Haruken, Haruken, Haruken. So I don't think I've ever said it just like straight on like that. That's too funny. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, that's all I got. That's all you got. All right, guys. Well, uh, Eric, it was wonderful having you on. Thanks for coming on, man. And uh, let's call it a game. Let's call it a game, guys. All right, good all right. game, Thanks everybody. For listening. Good game. We'll, <laughs> See we'll you next you time. See you later. <laughs> Dungeon Cast. 
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.